0: so excited for today. I read Iron Flame, the sequel to Fourth Wing, which was the book we covered last month in our book club segment, and I will just say before we get into it, there will be spoilers in this episode. We are going to talk a little bit about this book, how I think it compared to Fourth Wing, what I liked, what I didn't like, and I also want to talk about some theories because I have been super obsessed with listening to book podcasts and people that do deep dives and a lot of those podcasts talk about theories and some of them I feel like are really far-fetched and I really don't identify with but there have been a few that have been really interesting and actually Jamie read... Fourth Wing and Iron Flame and finally I've been able to discuss it with someone else because he usually doesn't read the same books as I do but he got hooked on Fourth Wing and then read Iron Flame and so we've been chatting about some of the theories and we've kind of bounced ideas off one another and so I'm excited to get into some of those in this episode as well. I did mention in our last book club for Fourth Wing that if you're looking for a deep dive Detailed summary and analysis of the book, then this will actually probably not be the episode for you. We're just going to chat very casually about this book. But there are a lot of good podcasts, and I'll leave some in the show notes that do more detailed summaries. And I really have been enjoying listening to those. But sometimes it's nice to kind of just have a casual chat. And I actually asked some of your thoughts. So I'm going to incorporate those into the episode. And yeah, I'm really excited to get into it. I will start off by saying in the realm of books, I made a very exciting and admittedly potentially unnecessary purchase. I can't lie to you guys, I'm a Kindle girly. I converted a few years ago. I was probably like one of those people who for years was actually very much against e-readers. I liked a physical copy of a book, but honestly, with traveling a lot more and with how expensive books can become, I've become obsessed with my Kindle and I pretty much exclusively read on the Kindle now. And then, you know, I use either my library or Libby or another app to kind of get books onto my Kindle or if I can't get them through those channels, I'll usually buy them. Anyways, not the point. I made an order. I have been getting bombarded, maybe you guys have too, with these really fancy like Kindle setups that people have in their bed and to me this is like there's an audio on TikTok that's like capitalism really popped off today and this is the perfect example of that where basically what I ordered is number one, a Kindle remote so that I don't have to flip the page manually. I know it's tough. It's tough. And then the other thing I bought was, I think it's called like a gooseneck stand. So it's literally just like a stand for your Kindle. So it's basically two devices that create hands-free with the exception of turning the remote experience reading the kindle and not that i need to justify this purchase but i'm going to i'm about to enter my postpartum era i'm about to be spending a lot of time in bed and i love my kindle i spent all my time on it and sometimes i get a hand cramp okay so you know there you have it there's my big purchase of the month was it necessary that's up for debate. All right, that aside, we're talking about Iron Flame today. If you're here, I'm assuming you've read Iron Flame, and I'm also assuming you've read Fourth Wing, the first book in the Empyrean series. Now, I don't always love to compare books in a series because they are each their own individual piece of art, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to compare them, and We're going to start off by answering the question, which is, of course, in my opinion, was Iron Flame as good as 4th Wing? And for me, the answer to that question is not quite. So I gave 4th Wing 4 stars, and I also gave Iron Flame 4 stars on Goodreads because you can't do like .5, but if you could, I think I would have given Iron Flame 3.5 now I know a lot of people felt differently some people way preferred iron flame even Jamie Jamie gave it five stars and we're gonna get into why I didn't feel quite the same or like it quite lived up to fourth wing but the first feeling that I have is maybe it's something to do with the fact that when it comes to fantasy I feel like it can suck you into to this new immersive exciting world and there's a novelty in that and I think the obsession that I had and the desire to really you know power through fourth wing is because it was so novel. So that is certainly part of it but if we're talking about overall The comparison of the two books and a lot of you said this when I asked on Instagram was I just felt like iron flame packed a little bit too much into one book so when I say that I mean a couple of things number one the first thing that I really really liked about fourth wing was that for a fantasy book I found the world building to be very easy to follow the storyline flowed really well you know, things were introduced in a really easy to understand way. I mentioned that, you know, certain aspects of the story were explained really well, and I thought it was really clever how, you know, Violet would recite different history lessons as she was competing in different challenges, and that was a, interesting and creative way I thought to introduce different aspects of the world and the universe with iron flame I felt that less so where parts of the story were introduced different aspects of the universe were introduced and it kind of then moved on very quickly and I had mentioned that one of my feelings with Fourth Wing was that I couldn't visualize a lot of different parts of the story. I couldn't visualize the parapet or the gauntlet. And I felt that amplified in Iron Flame. I feel like things were kind of rushed through. So, for example, The wards, the runes, we were introduced to new characters, new dragons, cities, battles, different aspects of the history, and I just found it sort of hard to keep up with at times. And specifically that experience I had with Fourth Wing where I found things hard to visualize, I found that almost more so. So the scenes where they're trying to figure out the wards or where she's channeling her powers into the orb or when they're going up the mountain and there's traps and they have to jump over things or even the battle scene at the end where she's like jumping from her dragon to other dragons. It was a lot for me and I don't know whether that's like my difficulty visualizing things, or whether it was just like a little bit too much and maybe not fully fleshed out. So, that was sort of my first experience with the book was like, Whoa, this is a lot. And I had this desire for certain storylines to be a little bit more fleshed out. And I just felt like that wasn't really possible with just how much went on in this book. Now, That is just a personal preference. I do know that a lot of the messages I received about Iron Flame sort of had the same feeling. But I also know that if you're someone who likes that pace, then you may really like the fact that it jumped around a lot and that there was a lot in this book. And I will say that despite feeling like it moved really fast and covered a lot of ground, I did still find that it was a very very addictive easy read in that it kept me hooked. I wasn't bored at all throughout reading it and it's one of those books that is quite long when you look at it but you feel yourself getting through it a lot faster and it's kind of interesting because I've seen a lot online about this book not being well written or this series not being well written and it's kind of like trash. Right? I've seen that coming up a lot. And to be honest, I feel like I'm a very tolerant or like forgiving reader, meaning that if I'm enjoying something, I I guess I just don't pick up on that as much as the next person, or it doesn't bother me as much as the next person. And I've realized that quality writing, of course, is important to me when I'm reading a story. But at the same time like entertainment and being so immersed in something is also a value of mine when I'm reading and I have to give this book credit in the same way that I gave fourth wing credit that it hooked me and it entertained me and I wasn't thinking about my life I was just thinking about the story and that for me deserves credit and I enjoyed that and I think Sometimes I feel, and I definitely said this in our fourth wing episode, I feel, I don't know, like a pressure to like things that are like literary works of art and to only read things that are, you know, so well written and like very academic, but the reality is, is sometimes I don't enjoy that type of writing. I prefer something like this that's, you know, easy to understand, easy to follow, bingeable, and so for that, I have to give this book credit. It was addictive. I did feel myself being completely immersed in the world, in the story, and... Jamie definitely had the same experience maybe even more so where he was so obsessed with both of these books it was like all-consuming and I've never actually seen a book have that impact on him so that kind of says something. Okay so let's get into some of the actual more specific things to talk about about this book. So just as a refresher I had mentioned that for Fourth Wing I found the story, the world building, the fantasy, the dragons to be really enjoyable. I loved hearing about the different challenges. I loved learning about the war college and the history. What I didn't love was the romance in Fourth Wing, specifically between Zayden and Violet. I found it to be cheesy. I found it to be like almost toxic and just not enjoyable to read at all. And So the question then becomes, how did I feel about the romance in Iron Flame? Now, my observation, actually, in reading this book was a couple of things. Number one, I felt like there was just so much more going on that pulled the focus away from the romance a bit. So obviously, Zayden and Violet are doing long distance for part of the book, so they're not interacting as much. And then when they are interacting, I feel like the dynamic became a little bit more believable and realistic. I think that there were a lot more conversations between the two of them where they actually discussed things of substance, which I didn't feel that they did in the first book. I feel like it was all lust and desire and just like hot and heavy in a way that I was like, okay, no. And... I don't know i i preferred the romance in this book did i love it no not necessarily but i think it was an improvement for me as a reader one thing that i did find like super annoying though and i feel like a lot of people also shared this same annoyance When it came to the romance between Zayden and Violet, this is mostly in the first half of the book where she feels that her trust has been betrayed. Okay, fair enough. And she basically makes this ultimatum that says, unless you 100% let me in you know, this isn't happening. Like I need full disclosure, full trust. And Zayden basically says like, there are some things that I can't let you in on for your own good, for your own protection. And she is having none of that. I, I kind of just was like at a certain point though, like what is going on here? Cause you're obviously still in some form of a relationship. You're still seeing each other. There's still feelings there. Like what's going on? And then You know, they would only be allowed to kiss. And that was where she drew the line. I just thought it was kind of silly because, as a lot of people pointed out, as the book went on, she did the exact same thing to her friends where she was hiding information. She wasn't opening up. She was keeping a distance because she didn't want to share something that would put them in danger. And I thought that was kind of hypocritical. And you know what? Like we can all be hypocritical. It's not like she has to be like this perfect person, but I just thought since she was so bothered by not having been aware of what was going on with the venom and this whole other aspect of Zayden's world that, you know, she then became aware of at the end of Fourth Wing, And that was such a deal breaker for her to have not been trusted with that information. And then she was doing the same thing with her friends. And also, I kind of feel like the connection that they had, Zayden and Violet, in the first book would probably not even have been enough for him to share that information. Like They kind of just started their relationship and I think... In a way, it's kind of understandable that that piece of information wasn't shared. I don't know. Overall, though, I would say that the relationship felt like it had a lot more substance in Iron Flame, which I appreciated. And, you know, recognizing that lust and desire and things being hot and heavy and attraction isn't everything and in order to actually make things work you need to have that trust and the ability to have conversations and a lot of the times those conversations were frustrating to me but that is what I feel It can be like in reality, which is that sometimes trying to understand someone's communication style and especially when it's long distance, you know, that experience of wanting every interaction to be productive when you're long distance or to be nice, you know, that time is precious, but also you have these things that you have to discuss and not being able to get to the bottom of it in the time that you have and the complications that come from that, I could appreciate that aspect of the story. Okay jumping around a little bit I want to talk about the character development a little bit more. I actually really enjoyed getting to know some of the characters a little bit deeper but I did feel like there were just so many characters introduced in this book that I would have liked to see a little bit more of some of them. So like maybe having fewer, but a little bit more depth in some of them. Again, just a personal preference. I feel like because Violet's squad and, you know, the fact that she was able to reveal her kind of secret and... Through that, they were able to come a lot closer together. I feel like that was a really important part of the story, but I still didn't feel like I really understood the dynamic in her squad or understood much about each of the people in the squad, and that's just something that, you know, maybe that will come as more books are released because as far as I know, there's going to be five in the series total, but I kind of enjoyed this growing camaraderie and trust and friendship amongst the members of her squad and it's something that I kind of was wanting a little bit more of but at the same time this kind of all comes back to the fact that there was a lot in this book and so to go into any great level of detail about the individual members of her friendship circle or her squad and the connection between them may have been hard to accomplish but maybe something that I would be looking forward to in the next book okay now to talk about a specific character I want to talk for a minute about Jack Barlow that was an unexpected twist and initially I was like was that a necessary twist So we thought he was dead. We thought Violet killed him. We then find out that he has been brought back and later find out that he is actually a Venom. And my initial feeling when he was brought back to life was like, why? That just seemed so unnecessary. And then it wasn't really discussed again. So for a period of the book, I was like, what was that all about? Like, obviously it had to have been something, but I just was kind of annoyed by that reveal initially and then of course we find out that he is Venom, and he actually played a very significant role in the last couple of chapters one thing I wasn't like fully clear on but I listened to a podcast that explained this was whether or not he already was a Venom, and I just feel like the whole conversion process of becoming a Venon and how many people are Venon, like it's very confusing because we haven't really got a lot of clarity to that yet. But the theory from the podcast that I listened to on this was he already was a Venon, like even in the first book. And the reason these people thought that is because he was described to have had bloodshot eyes when he was initially dueling against Violet on the mats so that kind of was the initial reveal that we had which of course at least I had no idea and would have never have guessed that he would have come back in the way that he did another thing I didn't fully understand which I don't have full clarity on maybe someone can dm me and let me know what the deal was here I have a theory but I'm not sure if it's 100% right why he saved Violet like that didn't really make sense to me so basically she was attacked and I think she was standing on like a tower and then she was pushed over or she fell over and Jack saved her this is of course after he was resurrected and mended and he kind of said like now we each now we're even or something like that and I didn't understand why especially given everything that came after now my feeling is it's because his like master i.e i think it's called the sage wants violet for some unknown reason and she was seeing that in her dreams and so that maybe has something to do with it but yeah didn't really know what was going on there assuming he's going to play a more prominent role in the next couple of books given what he said to Zayden at the very end. The other surprising and complex character for me, who I honestly would have maybe liked to have seen a little bit more of, was Lilith, Sorengale, so Violet's mom. And of course we had this big reveal at the end where she allowed, oh what's the character's name, Sorry, I gotta look this up. Okay, the name I was looking for is Sloane, which is Liam's sister. And Lilith allowed Sloane to siphon her power in order to like activate the words. I don't really know what the language is. Like I said, the words I did not fully understand or I couldn't fully visualize, But through that process it basically kills Lilith and we find out that she's made some ultimate sacrifice despite being very cold and like withdrawn and seemingly evil in some ways for having turned a blind eye to everything that was going on. So I do feel like there's probably also going to be more revealed about her as time goes on which brings us to our first theory. So this was a theory that I heard on one of the podcasts that I listened to about this book and then I also thought about it a little bit more myself and it's probably the one theory that I actually believe could be true. I don't know. I typically never really look at theories but I thought this was kind of interesting. So the theory is that Lilith at some point was or is a venom and the reason that people think that is because there's a short paragraph in fourth wing where it says it was after my mom had a really long night while we were stationed near the eastern border and her eyes were bloodshot red so i freaked out and started shrieking so the feeling here is that because the bloodshot red eyes were sort of a hint For Jack being a venom, the same idea goes for this little hint with Lilith. And that to me signals the fact that maybe there is a cure for this. My feeling is that they're going to be seeking that out in the next book or maybe in a couple of books. And I also feel like that has something to do with Violet's hair. I don't know what, I just feel like maybe it was some sort of defect, maybe she was using the cure around that time, I don't know. This brings me to the next theory that is sort of connected to this one, which is Violet's second signet. Now, because she is bonded to two dragons, the implication is that she will have a second signet, and I saw an interview with the author that said, all of the information you need to know about our second signet has already been provided and we also know that like they get signets based on who they really are at their core and I don't really know what her ability to wield lightning has to do with like her personality or who she is, but when I think about who she is, she's someone that values a couple of things. Number one, information, meaning like She was going to be a scribe, and she obviously cares a lot about history and learning information. But number two, also, she really values people and relationships. So the assumption that we can make is that her second signet is connected to these very prominent aspects of her identity. And then I was kind of thinking about how when I was reading the part where she was being what the word I'm looking for? Um, she was being tortured and Liam appeared and comforted her. I sort of wondered if that actually wasn't a projection of her mind and if that was actually connected to her second signet. Something to do with the ability to communicate with dead people and like get information from them. And that is connected with my previous, well, not my previous theory. The previous theory I shared about Violet's mom being a venom and the fact that there must have been a cure at some point for her. Is she going to somehow communicate with either her mom or even maybe her dad in order to gain information about how to cure this whole venom thing. Those are the two theories that I saw online. I don't know if I like described them perfectly, but that's my interpretation of them that I actually was like, okay, yeah, I kind of believe that. And I could kind of see how that would be a really good next book is like seeking out those people and finding how to establish that connection and kind of going on that journey with Zayden. Of course, I feel like in the beginning, it will be devastating to learn that news and it will be all about like how is this going to work and sort of a crisis related to his new identity but then that they'll be able to like overcome it together so my friends I think that is the end of our book club meeting for this month I hope you enjoyed overall like I said this book was entertaining it kept me hooked it was a quick read for me It was overall very enjoyable. Were there aspects that I didn't love? Yes, but still overall a very enjoyable read and I will continue to read this series when the new books come out. If you have any other thoughts on this book or you have a suggestion for the next book for us to discuss, then you can leave it right in the Spotify Q&A feature or DM me, whatever you prefer. But that is it for this month. I hope you enjoyed this little segment again. Thank you for being here and I'll see you in the next episode. Where's that dust coming from?